Hey there, this is Noe Lara Jr., pastor of Creator Love Church. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you to live and lead the life God has called you to. Enjoy the message. Let's begin with prayer. Why don't we begin with prayer so we can get this started. Father God, we want to say thank you. We say thank you for your love. We want to say thank you for your creative love. God, thank you for all all of our friends that are here with us today, God. We thank you that the best is ahead of us. We thank you that you have not forgotten us, God. We thank you that even in our mistakes, you're still good. And even when we uh, mess up, it doesn't change your perfect love towards us, God. Father, we thank you that we, uh, we have access to your love. We have we have grace, Father, that surpasses all mistake, Father. And God, my prayer today, Father, is that you may convince us with your love that we are more than enough, Father, that we do not have to be dead to our sins, that we do not have to have no more dead dreams. We don't have to have no more dead hope, God, that we can have an understanding that there's so much more in life that we are currently experiencing. So God, I pray that as we enter into this new series, God called Dead No More, that you may awaken us, awaken our hopes, awaken our dreams, awaken, Father, our lives. If we feel stuck, let us make a decision today that we will no longer be stuck. Father, if we're feeling anxious, let us make decisions today to switch our thinking into making sure that we can enjoy life. So Lord, I pray for this uh, series, God. I pray for Marisol and baby G, God. I pray your healing touch over baby G, God. We just cancel all these viruses in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that we will hear a good report. Father, I pray that the steroids that he's on, may it help him. Father, may it not cause no more harm. And we just pray for peace over Marisol as she deals with him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, we're starting a new series today. And it's called Dead No More. It's called Dead No More. And let me kind of give you the premise of this. Let me kind of... Uh, I don't know if we wrote it. We oh, they forgot the title. Great job, guys. <laughs> no, no, he knew. He knew. Uh, he knew. Okay, okay, he knew. No, all right. Well, it's called Dead No More, okay? It's called Dead No More. And, and, and here's the thing. Uh, we're going to, this series is going to launch us into Easter Sunday. You know, uh, it's going to launch us into Easter Sunday. Those are, for those of us that grew up in church, we kind of heard the story of Easter, that Christ, it starts with Good Friday. Christ was hung on a cross, and he was dead for three days. And on Easter Sunday, he rose from the dead, and he's alive again. And we worship a living God. You know, we don't, we don't, worship, a, we, we don't worship a man who died and stayed on the cross. No, Jesus rose from the dead, and he's alive and active. But until we get there, I want to talk about this conversation called Dead No More, because I really believe that... Most of us aren't living what we really want to live. I'm convinced that most of us have some dead dreams. I'm convinced that most of us have some dead hopes that we, we've probably lost hope in a, current, in a situation. We probably lost hope that something good can come out of this bad situation. We probably lost hope in our finances. We probably, you know, someone told you that you couldn't amount to something or someone told you that this is too tough. That's my daughter. I hope you guys enjoy um, so here's the thing, uh, we're talking, we're talking about dead, no more. And, uh, and I really want to encourage you to take notes as we get ready to launch this new series, because I am convinced that if there's something that young people in their twenties and thirties 
And even in their 40s, you know, something that we as adults need is we need a sense of hope in a hopeless situation. We need a sense of feeling alive when we feel like quitting. We need a sense of like not giving up on our dreams and not giving up on our, and here's the thing, being a parent is hard. For those of us that are parents, you understand, being single can also be tough because you're like, yo, when is my girl coming? When is my guy coming? You know what I mean? Uh, when you want to, you know, being a, I have many friends that are single parents and that's tough. Okay. And I have many friends that are, you know, they're married and they wish they weren't married. And that's tough too. You know what I mean? So we have everywhere in life, everywhere in life, we have situations and circumstances that kind of take away our joy, take away our peace, take away our, our, our drive for life. And we are like walking carcasses. We're alive, but we're dead. We're alive, but we're dead to our dreams. We're dead in our hopes and stuff. And I want to say something. We want to encourage you guys to be dead no more. Why don't you say that with me? Dead no more. more. Yeah, because I'm telling you, there's something powerful when you decide to live and to live fully when everything seems like it's going wrong. There's something powerful about changing how you think, changing how you live life, even when life is tough. Let me say something. Life is tough. Life is very tough. You know, and one of the things that we're going to learn through this is how to fully live the life that God has called us to. Let me say something before we get into the text. You are not a mistake. And every situation that is causing you pain, God will turn it around for something good. I promise you that. Every situation, you can be like, no, he, you don't know what you're talking about. If I shared you how many times God has turned things around in my life, just I'll give you a perfect example on Friday. I was in court and the judge was right there deciding, I haven't seen my dad cry the way he cried ever, okay? Just to kind of give you a long story short, my dad was on the verge of being deported and my dad's a legal resident, legal. He's not an illegal resident, he's a legal resident. But a couple years ago, and with all these administration changes that have been happening, my dad was on his way to his 30th anniversary with my mom. They go to, they were going to Cancun, but instead of going to, uh, instead of going to Dallas, to Mexico, they went to Miami, to Mexico. And one thing that they do in Miami that is different is they check your fingerprints. They don't check your passport. So when they check my dad's passport, his whole criminal activity from his, you know, teens and young adult life came up. My dad did some prison time. He did eight years in prison and, uh, all of that came up and they detained him. They reopened up his case. He had already served his time. He already paid his time and they reopened his case 36 years later after he had done his crime, 36 years later. So we find ourselves in a situation where a good man is about to lose his freedom, about to lose his rights to being here. And it was about a six year process. And finally on Friday, on Friday, and here's the thing, this whole time, the, 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 the lawyer, the whole time we were in, we were in this process with his lawyer for several years. And the whole time we would meet with the lawyers, like expect the worst. Just expect the worst, especially with all the changes. He's already telling me, he told me one time, hey, uh, is your name on the title for your parents' house? I'm like, no, like you probably should be because expect the worst, okay? You know, and how, and I'm telling you, when someone tells you expect the worst, guess what you do? You expect the worst, right? You expect the worst, but I'm here to tell you with God, you don't have to expect the worst, okay? With God, you can live a life of confidence and a life of expectation that the best is yet to come. 
you know, so we were there and the whole, and, and I was about, and I was going to be a witness and stuff. So they kicked me out because I, I, they, yeah, I didn't know that, that if you're a witness, you couldn't be in the hearing with them because they want to make sure that the story's aligned. So I couldn't be in the hearing. Jonathan was there, several people, Manny was there. They were, they probably know more details about my dad's crime than I do because my dad had to lay down all those beans that day and stuff. And uh, so we're there. And then finally, it, it was going to be a three-hour hearing for the judge to make a decision. And finally, uh, the lawyer called, goes out. He's like, hey, we have great news. I'm like, well, I haven't even, I have not even been called. He's like, we don't need you. You know, we don't need you. He's like, you know what? Uh, God, uh, and I'm telling you, God is faithful because I was there and God and the lawyers, I mean, the judge is like, you know what? I've heard enough. You're good to stay. Okay. You're good to stay. Now I'm telling you, why is this so important? This is so important because in the middle of hell, in the middle of hell, there's always something to learn. If, if you're taking notes, I would write that down in the middle of hell. There's always something to learn because I learned how to have confidence when there is no reason to have confidence. I learned how to grow in my patience when I lost patience. I learned how to have peace when there was no reason to have peace. In the middle of hell, there's always something to learn. And the thing about a lot of us, a lot of us, me specifically, is like, I do everything on the contrary of something positive in the middle of hell. Man, if I'm going through hell, I make hell a little bit worse <laughs> with my attitude, okay? If I'm going through a struggle, guess what? I make it just a little bit more harder because I'm already struggling anyways, right? You know, if I'm dealing with a bad day, I make it even worse with my attitude and with my words. You know, oh, it's a gloomy day. Well, I'm expecting it to be worse. You know what I mean? You know, all these different things. I'm telling you, it's just like, you know what? But in the middle of hell, God wants to teach you something. That's what I'm saying. We're going to be dead no more to our dreams, dead no more to our hopes, dead no more to uh, the freedom that we have in Christ. So without further ado, please join me to Romans chapter 5. And I'm going to encourage you, before we even get to this text, uh, there's, this, there's this Bible study practice. Some of you guys have done it with me. Some of you guys have done it with Bertha. It's called SOAP. It's, it's SOAP. And as we, as we do this study, I want to encourage you to read the book of Romans. Now, let me tell you something about the book of Romans. It's a heavy book because uh, it's deep. The book of Romans is deep. If you're conservative, you're like, dude, there's some things you're going to agree with so much and other things you're going to be like, oh my goodness, what are you talking about? If you're a liberal, there's some things like, yes, amen here. And other times you're going to be like, what are you talking about? And stuff, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. The word of God has something for you and it's a heavy book. It's a challenging book. So we're going to do this series for three weeks leading up to uh, Good Friday and leading up to Easter Sunday. And I want to challenge you to do soap. Okay. I'll explain what soap is really quick. It's just uh, you read one chapter a day. Okay. And then S stands for the scripture that stood out. O is the observation. Okay, what, what verse did you, you know, you know, for example, if I was reading John 3.16, I'd say S is John 3.16. That's the scripture. O, observation. What do I observe? God so loved me. A is, you know, application. What can I apply? Well, if God loves me, I'm going to love other people. And then finally, P is a prayer. God, help me love the world as you love me. Very simple. And journal it down. And I would love to have a soap journal with you where we can share, I'll share, uh, where we can share and just grow. So again, uh, or you can just keep it private. So again, I really want to encourage you to read the book of Romans as we do this. We're going to do a deep dive into the book of Romans in this series called Dead No More. So without further ado, let's go to Romans chapter five. If you have your Bible on your phone, or if you don't have it on your phone, it'll be on the screen right here. 
So let's say, let's see, I, here's the thing. If I say something good, and, and Christine, I want to encourage you specifically. If I say something good, yes, okay? <laughs> if I say something that I'm like, you know what, yes, I, say amen, or shut me down, say, hey, be quiet, or something, I don't know, like, just say something that let's just, like, let's intergage, you know? Let's not make you, the church, like, here's the thing. As we get ready to launch, I'm telling you, I have a bigger stage there. Uh, we have a bigger stage, and I'm going to put some props up there that are going to be very questionable. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just going to be, we're going we're gonna to make this a fun place. We're going to make church. Church is not boring, all right? Yeah. The church is not boring. Kind of wiggle it out of you. Church is it's not for serious people, and this is not a religious place. This is a place where we find Jesus, and we are alive. Say that with me. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. So let's engage. Let's have a good time. If I say something, say amen. Woohoo! Preach. Uh, come on, shorty. Something. Just say something, okay? So let's just do it, all right? So here we go. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. As we begin the series, dead, no more. And we're going to read 20, 21 verses. So here we go. We've got a good ways to go. Therefore, since we have peace, I'm sorry. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Not many of you are going to say amen there because we do not like to glory in our sufferings. We hate suffering. We hate going through a struggle, don't we? But look at what the Bible says. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given, uh, who has given our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Verse 6, you see, as just the right time, say that with me, right time. Right time. At the right time, there's something powerful about doing good at the right time. When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, through, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him, referring to Jesus? For if... While we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Verse 12, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses and even those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died, by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the results of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin. Check this out. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. 
but the gift followed many trans trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass results in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, they, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought, listen closely to this verse, because we're going to grab onto this one. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But look at this. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Okay, look at that. Where sin increased, grace increased all the more. <clears throat> so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through the righteousness that brings eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's some good reading. That is some good reading. Let me say this really quick. Uh, I love this text because we're going to do a little deep dive. I'm telling you this. I'm, I believe that most of us in one way, shape, form, or another... Uh, are on the verge of quitting on something. It could be a dream. It can be a hope. It can be a desire. It can be uh, 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 something. I don't know what that something is. It, it, it's something that is, has just not gone your way and you're quitting on it. Maybe you're quitting on faith if because maybe faith hasn't shown itself. Maybe God hasn't shown himself in the way that you expected and, and it's pressuring you so much there is no answer you've you've tried getting this you tried doing that this happened and this happened and it causes you to die internally it causes you to give up hope it causes you to die in your dreams to die in your hopes and here's the thing about grace i love this because we're going to talk about the matters of the heart it says this where sin abides grace abides even more we can, and you can take away that word sin. You can even say, how about this? Where hopelessness abides, grace abides even more. You can move that and say, you know what? Where shame abides, where guilt abides, grace abides even more. Where confusion is, grace abounds even more. And today's topic is this, how much more? You know, today's topic is called how much more? Because here's the thing. Let me just say this, and I'm going to say this very clearly, and I'm going to say this redundantly. God has called you for more. God has called you to live for so much more than what you're currently experiencing because I believe that most of us, all of us, some of us, a few of us, I believe that all of you guys, including myself, and I would be the first, we have already currently experienced in 2019 sets of disappointments. I thought I would have been done by this. I thought I would have overcome this. Nothing has changed since 2018, and we're about to enter April. And there's still some things, and here's the thing. Dead no more. Dead no more. Say that with me. Dead no more. Dead no, more. no, I got a question. Have you ever experienced getting caught doing something where you knew you were going to get in trouble so bad? You were probably going to get a spanking? Okay, or you're probably, I don't know for, I'm sorry, I know we got some diversity here, but I got spanked, okay? I got brutally spanked, okay? You know, I got brutally spanked, okay? And it taught me well, okay? Now, my dad was not Adrian Peterson on me. He did not grab a switch, 
Okay, you know, no but I got spanked. Okay, I got spanked and stuff. But have you ever been part of a situation where you got caught doing something bad and you knew that the outcome was going to be bad, but it, when you talk to your parent or you talk to that teacher or whoever caught you, it actually surprised you that it was actually a nice outcome, like you didn't get spanked or you didn't get abused or you know, you got really surprised. Let me give you an example. In second grade, I got caught cheating on my spelling test. And I remember vividly the word, uh, it was the number, I mean, the letter, I mean the word 12, I spelt it wrong. And see, I, I remember this, this is second grade. We had put up a little folders, you know, I don't know if you remember, you would put up your folders, you know, and you're on your desk and stuff. Well, I wrote all the answers in the, in the folder. You know what I mean? I wrote all the answers in my little cocoon there and stuff, you know, and, uh, and uh, I've never, never, I've never gotten 100% on a test, and I did on this one, all of them, all of them. I got, tw I got 12 out of 12, and the, the specific word that I never spelled right was 12. I would always spell it with an I, okay? Twee, I don't know how you say it, okay? So anyways, so... So anyway, I get 100%. I get 100% on this test. I got 100%. And uh, Mr. Shelson, we go to recess. He's correcting all those tests. And then we come back from recess. We go to lunch. And, and Mr. Shelson, he put some like balloons. He went all out. He put some balloons on my desk. He said, congrats. I was the only one that got 100%. Only one, okay? You know, put some balloons. And then he put some music on. He's like, everybody, put your hands together. We're going to celebrate. He never celebrated anybody, okay? He said, we're going to celebrate. No, we, he got 100% of all his tests. Woo, yeah. And everybody's like cheering me on. And you know what? We're going to learn from Noe, okay? <laughs> Noe, please come up to the whiteboard. <laughs> please come up to the whiteboard, Noe and stuff. I want you to spell, um, it was 12. The other one was against. The other word was, I remember very vividly, when you get put on the spot like this, you'll never forget, okay? This was over 21 years ago, and I still remember this. This happened in 94, okay? So, anyway, so I'm like, all right, no, we spell the word against. Oh, no. E, J, oh, he's like, oh, interesting. No, we spell the letter 12, or the word 12. Yeah, see, I'm still struggling, okay? <laughs> Spell the, spell the word 12, T-W-I, uh, and I spelled it wrong. And then he's all like, huh, no, you had 100% like 30 minutes ago. What happened? <laughs> I cheated, I cheated. And I just told everybody, I, I cheated. And then Mr. Shelson goes, um, Calls Mrs. Frizzell, who was a next door teacher. Hey, Ms. Frizzell, can you get uh, everybody? They're going to go over here. We're going to teach Noe a lesson. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so then, uh, so I'm right there with Mr. Shelson, okay? And he's all like, did you think, did you think that you can get away with not trying to your full potential? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I did. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so then, long story short, he, he tests me again. I think I got 50%. <laughs> so, and then he says this, I'm proud of you for admitting your mistake. And I want to make sure that we become best friends for the rest of the year. Tell me that. I'm proud of you for admitting your mistake. And I want us to become best friends for the rest of the year. This happened like in October, November. And guess what? 
he's like, I'm not gonna call your mom. Thank you, sir, okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not gonna tell you this is between you and I, but you and I are gonna be good friends and we're gonna make sure that this never happens again. You know, I'd be, okay, I cheated maybe two more times throughout the rest of the year, but you know what, but I honestly, honest to God, honest to God, you know, I think that that experience really taught me to try my best, but it created this thing called reconciliation because I hated him when I got called on the spot. I hated him. Man. He called me out. He called me out. How dare he? And I was like eight years old. I was like Nolan. I was like Nolan's age. How, how could you? I felt embarrassed and stuff. And I thought I was going to get scorned, but I was also so afraid of the outcome. I thought he, if he tells my mom, oh Lord, I would sleep on a warm butt. I would have to put ice on that. You know what I mean? It's just going to be like, oh no. But the fact that he's like, you know what? It's between you and I. Let's become best friends. Here's the thing. That outcome surprised me because I was expecting the worst. But guess what? A positive reconciliation relationship took place. See, my actions divided us. My actions actually lost trust with him. My actions of cheating, of not being honest, causes division between he and I. However, he was intentional about restoring that relationship. And we find that very same connection here in the book of Romans because Romans, the book of Romans is like this, the center of the world. It's the center of the world, Roman empire. They're like the center of the world. And now they have these questions. What is the meaning of life? And they start searching because now Greek mythology is taking place and all these different things. And they start asking this deep question. What is the meaning of life? And if there's more to this mythology, what is it? So Paul finds out about this and he's like, you know what? I got an answer for you. And it starts with reconciliation. It starts with reconciliation because here's the thing. They're asking the questions of like the meaning of life. You're killing it. Reconciliation. 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 Re-reck. Rick. No. Say it again. Reconciliation. See, I've been saying it in Spanish in my mind. I cannot spell it. Reconciliation. Reconciliation. Call me out, bro. I love it. Make me better. Love it. Take me back to second grade. <laughs> so anyways, so he's, he's saying like this. He's saying like this. So he's like, you know what? Hey, I got to teach you something. It's about this disunity that's been happening between man and God. And God is intentional about restoring that relationship. And here's the thing, they were dead in their ways of thinking. They were dead in their hopes and they were dead in their dreams. And Paul comes, he's like, I got something for you. And if you're taking notes, I want you to take the first point is this. <clears throat> in regards to living dead no more, in regards to living dead no more, the first one is this. The only way to peace is faith. The only way to peace is faith. Let me say something about faith. It has nothing to do with works. Faith has nothing to do with works. A lot of us get burned out in church. A lot of us get burned down with God. A lot of us get burned down with trying to be who we got to be because you consider your works to be the key to your salvation. It has nothing to do with works. It has nothing to do with it. Do you want to do well? Yes. But does doing well save you? No. What saves you? Faith. Faith in Christ alone. And that's where the very first thing that he says is, Paul says it like this. He says this, hey, through faith, we have peace with God. He doesn't say through your good works. He doesn't say through your good behavior. And we're building a church that puts an emphasis on faith, 
not works. I grew up in a church that's like, hey, you got to do well. You got to behave. You got to behave. You got to behave. You got to behave. And Christ was like, you know what? No, you got to believe. You got to believe. You got to believe. You got to believe. Believe in what? That I, Christ, am enough. And a lot of us get so burnt out and so tired and we die in our hopes. We die in our dreams. Man, have you ever tried some pleasing someone that it's never enough? Have you tried pleasing, whether it might have been your parents or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and it's never enough? A lot of us get tired with God because we try to be religiously right, behaviorally correct, and it gets so tiring, and you're trying to live a perfect life. Let me give you an announcement. You'll never be perfect, but are you willing to show progress in your life with Christ? Now, here's the thing, man. Are you willing to show progress? And here's the thing. Why is this so important? Because the only way to access true peace is to have true faith. The only way to access true peace is to have true faith. Because here's the thing. Religion kills. Tradition kills. The spirit of a person. But faith increases my expectation. Faith increases my expectation. It's not behavior. It's faith. It's faith. It's not behavior. It's faith. And if you're going to be alive in Christ, here's the thing. Let me just guarantee you something. From now until the day you die, you'll commit many more mistakes, many more mistakes, many more, thousands, probably millions. In my case, maybe a couple millions of times. Okay? You know, but here's the thing. <laughs> Amen, right? Here's the thing. Uh, let me say this. It's If you want to live a life of peace, you have to learn to understand this concept of faith. Faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. You know why we're standing so strong in this? Because I grew up in a place where it was about my behavior, not my relationship with God. Think about that. It was more about the behavior, not my relationship with God. And we're here to say, you know what? Guess what? The behavior, yeah, you'll mess up a couple of times. But if you can believe that Christ is more than enough, you'll be just fine. See, faith gives us access to a life in God. So the question is, how much more? How much more? faith do you need? Paul was constantly, he said it like six times in this text. How much more? He says how much more after he's like, hey, you thought it was this, but how much more do we gain in Christ? How much more can we do this? How much more love? How much more faith? How much more? So the very first thing is like, if you're going to start living a life of freedom, start living a life of hope, start living a life of peace, then it begins with faith. And this is so important. Let me say why this is so important. Because if you're here at Creative Love, and we're getting ready to launch in September here, and if you're looking for someone to say, you know what, hey, uh, what's my behavior got to be? What's my, you know, can I, I, look, I told someone a couple weeks ago, I was like, I ain't telling you to stop going to the clubs. I ain't telling you to stop drinking. It's, it's, that's your own thing. I ain't telling you to do this. I ain't telling you to do that. I ain't telling you, I, I'm never going to tell you what to do. That's up to you. That's up to you. However, now if you want to talk about purpose, and if you want to talk about if you want to talk about a living a life of purpose, then there's some principles that God teaches us. But let me say this: there's some principles. But let me say this: it's a life of faith. Say that with me, faith. faith. I'm telling you, it's a life of faith. Not, not. Here's the thing: uh, we got to promote faith in Christ, not uh, expectations of behavior. People are gonna always make mistakes. People will always make mistakes. I make mistakes. I, I'm here saying, man, I want to volunteer to be your pastor, but guess what? And you put me as a, I know I look like a perfect man. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Stop, just stop, stop. I know, I know, but I'm not. 
Okay, I'm not trying to shock you. I'm not. I struggle. I struggle with temptation. I struggle with that. I tell Manny, man, I need you to pray for me, bro. I've been thinking about these things. I've been just dealing with this stuff. I'm like, well, you trying to be my pastor? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I'm like, no. So here's the thing: faith, 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 faith. Number two. Number two. His death was my gain. We're gonna talk about the death and resurrection of Christ over the next couple of weeks because I'm telling you, the good news is that Jesus came. That he died and that he rose again. See, we serve a God that rose again. See, here's the thing. If Jesus doesn't rise from the death, if he's, if he's not born, if he just doesn't wake up from this thing, then we have no good news. But here's the thing. This is not a selfish game. Look at how verse 8 puts it. Sam, you want to join me verse 8? But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. This is not a selfish game. See, I can gain peace. Join me in Isaiah 53, verse 5. Isaiah 53 says this, But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. See, his death became my gain. But let me say something about this. My gain becomes someone else's gain as too. My gain, what I get from Christ, I give it away. Remember last week we were talking about giving it away, giving it away, giving it away. And here's the thing about God's death, Christ's death as my gain. Here's the thing. We're talking about living a life of peace. It says that the punishment that was upon him brought us peace. See, now I have hope because he gives me hope. I have hope and I have love because he gives me life. And I'm telling you, this is not a selfless gain. This gain that I get in Christ, I must learn to give away. And why is this so important when it comes to dead no more? Because let me tell you something. If there's anything that kills humanity is selfishness. You want to kill a relationship? Be selfish. You want to kill marriage? Be selfish. You want to kill anything? Be selfish. There's nothing that works love out of you like giving things away. There's nothing, I'm sorry, there's nothing that works selfishness out of us like generosity. I'm telling you. If for those of us that are in relationships, I challenge you, if you want to, if you want to, I'll tell you, Bertha told me yesterday, oh my gosh, you can hear Bertha yesterday. She's like, you know what I love about you? I'm telling you that I am not trying to be funny. I'm just going to be realistic. She's like, I love that you're getting, I love that you're getting wiser in how you talk. I love that you're getting more, uh, more handsome as older you get. But then she said this, but you still lack patience. She said this, then you, she told me, you need to grow your patience, honey, because your lack of patience is getting me annoyed. <laughs> yes, mom. <laughs> I'll learn. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, nothing works selfishness out of a heart like being generous. Nothing. And when God gives us peace, when God gives us joy, when God gives us hope, and he transforms our heart, my gain becomes someone else's gain as well. See, when we are alive in Christ, life comes out of us. Can I say something that might challenge you? If you are not living a life full of joy, a life full of peace, a life whole, full of expectation, are you really living a life in Christ? Are you really living? I'm not talking about coming to church on Sunday. Here's the thing. You don't have to come to church on Sunday. I'm glad you're here. 
But there's so many people, there's so many people that come to church and still have no hope, come to church and still have no joy. Man, you, we come to church and it's like we're only a Christian on Sunday. Are we living a life in Christ? Are we living a life of hope? I'm telling you because we can be walking dead spiritually. And this is why this is called dead no more. We're not going to be dead Christians. We're not going to be dead in love. We're not going to be dead in hope. We're not going to be dead in expectation. We're not going to be dead in our dreams. I'm telling you, I want us to learn to live lives where we can dream and we can expect and we can say yes to the problems and yes to everything that's in front of us, but it doesn't take away our joy. We are dead no more. Dead no more. I'm telling you. That no more because we have so many people. There's so many people out there. Let me just say this before. Can you help me here? We're going to finish here. Let me say this. We have so many people that are waiting for you, Kelly, that are waiting for you, Abby, that are waiting for you to say, hey, what is it that you have? Let me say something. You have something that this world needs. She's going to Mexico next week. She's going on a missionary. And guess what? We're going to pray for her today. We're going to, you know, we're going to pray for her. Uh, let me say this. I know without a shadow of a doubt that hundreds, thousands of kids will be impacted because of her step of faith. Step of faith. Let me say this, though. If you do not live who you really are, you're stealing a blessing from this world. Think about that, what I just said. If you do not fulfill the purpose that God has called you to, you're stealing a blessing from this world. You all have something to give. You all have something that is amazing. Becoming alive in Christ, being able to smile even when things are hard, being able to say, I expect the best when it doesn't seem like it's going to work. To be able to say, you know what, God, thank you. I am not going to be dead in my emotions. I'm not going to be dead in my faith. I'm not going to be dead in my dreams. I'm not going to be dead in my hope. I'm living a life of expectation. It begins with faith, and it begins with understanding that his death gives me access to what I really need. But a lot of us don't get to it because we don't believe it sometimes. And the third thing is this. God's love never quits. God's love never quits. See, sin is great, but His grace is even greater. There is no barrier. There is no barrier that God's love isn't willing to cross. No barrier. No barrier. There is no barrier. Where God's love is not willing to cross, willing to break. And that's why, you know what my job is as a pastor is to encourage you and remind you of how good God is. But it's also to do life with you. I want to cry with you if you want to cry. I want to be there with you when you need someone. You know what? Bertha and I have given up everything to say yes to the call of God. And it's already caused some frustration because like, you know what? It's like, it's not easy. It's not easy. Here's the thing. It's not easy. Cleaning up a house at six in the morning, we know we're having people and then you have two children crying. But you know what we say? And please don't have empathy for me, but you know what we say, God? We want to serve you. We want to serve you. We want to love you. We want to love people. We think about, we, we pray, God, you know what I said when Zoe was being Zoe this morning? Surprise us with someone new today. God gave us you. God, thank you for being here. We appreciate you here. And guess what? That sacrifice 
of dealing with Zoe, yeah, was worth it because I get to see you. You know what I mean? Thank you. I'm so happy you're here. I really am. And it's worth it. It's worth it. Why? Because God's love never quits. Let me say something, if I may be a little bit vulnerable with you. About two months ago, Bertha and I were kind of going through this marriage conflict. It was weird. We've been married 11 years, going on 12 years. Let me say something about love never quitting. Love never quits. On the same night, I think I told you, I might not. On the same night, we just had this disagreement. We kind of went to bed. And uh, we, we were talking and we were engaging, but we weren't really engaging. You know what I mean? Like, like, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You know, just we were there, but we weren't there. Do you know what I mean? And like, so there's one night, and I'm going to be very transparent. There's one night, Bertha, we go to bed. And on the same night, Bertha has a dream that I'm cheating on her. And I have a dream that she's cheating on me. Interesting. I woke up, checked, no, I checked her phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I woke up, I woke up, I'm like, hey, uh, we, got, we really got to figure this out. Something's wrong here. I think God is speaking to us because we had the same dream. You know, we had the same dream on the same night in the middle of the season that we knew that we weren't right with each other, okay? So we kind of, we're like, I, I call, call my parents, like, hey, I need you to help me for about an hour and a half. I need to take out Bertha out to eat. Like, yeah, yeah, bring them over. Took, took them to my parents, and we kind of had a conversation, like, what's wrong with us? What's, what's wrong with us? Let me tell you something about how love never quits. Love never quits. Say that with me. Love never quits. It never quits. It never quits. She's like, babe, I love what we're doing. I really do love what we're doing. But I feel second. I feel like I've become second in your life. And at first I wanted to be defensive. Dad, can you women be a little stronger? I'm joking, okay? I'm joking, okay? I'm joking, I'm joking. That was a joke, okay? No, I'm sorry, bad joke, bad joke, bad joke, okay? No, bad joke, no. No, no. She's like, check yourself, right? Check yourself. I'm like the emotional one. I'm the very emotional. So she's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, you know, she's like, I feel second. I really feel second. She's like, because I feel like you're running and I'm trying to keep up with you, but the closer I get, the faster you run. Like, as soon as I feel like I'm catching my breath, you run even faster. And you're like constantly doing this. You're constantly doing it here. You get home. Thank you for providing. You get home. And then you're always at a meeting trying to promote creative love. You're either writing emails or you're doing this. You're constantly running. You're constantly running. And I felt like I'm just alone. I'm like, she's like, thank you that you have vision. And thank you that you have purpose. But I can't keep up. I'm having a hard time keeping up because your drive, I love your drive, and I love that you never stop. Let me tell you something about something. I never stop. I never stop. Like right after this, right after this, guess what? I'm going to do the backyard, and I'm going to go work out with Sam. And then guess what? We're going to do this. And then all these different things. I never stop. And Bertha's like, Bertha's all like, you never stop. And I'm tired of you never stopping. Give yourself a break. And as she says that, inside I'm like, trying to reason with her and as I'm about to defend myself and as I'm about to defend myself God says you either hear me speak through your wife or ruin it even more 
So then I'm like drinking a cup of water and I'm like, what do I say? Say. I'm like, what do I say? And there's like this awkward silence because I'm having like this internal conversation. Yeah, like just as weird as it sounds, that's how weird it looked too. Because I'm drinking water, I'm like, no, no, it wasn't that dumb. Like, it was just like, I'm trying to process with God, but I did hear him say, careful with your next words because what you say next will impact your future. Love never quits, right? So I said, babe, I choose us. I choose us. Give it an right? I choose us. And you know what happened that day? Man, she free, she starts crying. She's like, she starts crying. And let me tell you what happened that same day when you said, you know what, love never quits. I'm like, I choose to fight for us. I choose us. That same day, that same day, I'm over here running after things. I'm running after this meeting. I'm running after this meeting. I'm trying to get funded here. I'm trying to get funded there. I'm having this meeting. I'm having that meeting. I'm having this, I'm having that. And I'm running and Bertha's just like trying to keep up. Guess what happens when I said, you know what, I choose us. I felt God say something, you're learning. Well, that same day, that's when I get that call from James River Church. Hey, is this Noe? Yeah, who's this? That's James River Church. He's like, hey, you know what? We believe in you guys and we're gonna fund you. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how when you quit and you like, not necessarily quit on life, but when you quit trying to figure things out on yourself, God fights for you. God fights for you when you start fighting. Let me give you this one example and we're done here. I want Abby and Manny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proverbs, and I hope you never forget this analogy. Love never quits. Love, say that with me, love never quits. And see, let me tell you something about love. You have to trust. Love is associated with trust. Proverbs 3 is trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not in your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make you pass straight. There's something about learning how to die to yourself here. Because, watch, I weigh 190 pounds. I'm a little overweight, so don't judge, okay? Okay, a little overweight. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. Abby, you're gonna catch me. <laughs> okay, so what, Abby, I trust, okay, look. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. So Abby, I'm gonna go back and you're supposed to catch me, okay? There's a drum behind both of us that can be bad, okay? <laughs> Okay, so here's, so here's, here, here, here's the thing. Like, here's the thing. I'm leaning back. Ready to catch me? Okay, watch. All right, so here's the thing. We're, sometimes we lean on things that are not meant to carry us. Because eventually she's going to get tired and all my weight is going to be on this. And I'm leaning. We sometimes lean on people. We lean on expectations that were never designed to hold our weight. Never designed. She could do it for a little bit, but then there's gonna come a point she's like, I'm done, okay? And we live our life with like that, oh, go ahead. Leaning on things that were never meant to carry our life, okay? But on the other side, man, I can, and we say, but if we say, God, I lean on you, I can just, man, just live life like no problem. God, I lean on you, God, I trust you. God, your love never fails, God. And when you start just check this out, when you start, when you start dying to yourself, listen to me, dead no more, because there is a plot twist. When I am no longer living on my own and I allow God to live in me, then I can find true rest. When I die to myself 
and I live in him, then I can live a life of peace. Because now guess what? When you stop trying to figure things out by yourself, here's what you try to figure things out by yourself. Oh God, I'm shaking. I'm literally shaking. Where am I? Why, why does it feel like I keep falling down? I keep falling down. I get back and then it just, but now if you live a life trusting God, guess what? Even in my weakness, I can find rest. Because he, he's so strong. He's so strong. He's like, yeah, guess what? This is where the Bible becomes truth. Like, you know what? His love is perfect in my weakness. But what are you leaning on? Okay, thank you. Yes, thank you. Let's stand up to our feet. Dead no more. Dead no more. Dead no more. Dead no more. Father, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that we can lean on you. Oh God, I just pray that right now over every heart. May we not lean on our own strength. Let us lean on you. Let us die to ourselves, Father. Let us not, let, let our dreams no longer be dead. Let our hopes no longer be dead. Let us lean on you. Let us lean on you as we move forward, God. I pray this in the name of Jesus, that we can lean on your promises, that we can lean on your favor, that we can lean on you, God. With every eye closed right there. I got a couple of questions to ask you. If you're like, you're no way, I've never accepted Christ. Maybe I've or maybe I've walked away from Christ. And man, I want to lean. I want to be, I don't want my dreams to no longer be dead. I don't want my hopes to be dead no more. I don't want my encouragement to be dead no more. If you're like that right now, and you're like, you want no way, I, I wanna, I wanna start living a life again. I wanna live. I want my dreams to be alive once again. I want my hopes to be alive once again. I want my encouragement to be alive, alive once again. If you're right there and you can relate to what I'm saying, you know what? My dreams have been dead. My encouragement has been dead and it needs to be risen up again. If that's you, with every eye closed, if that's you, would you raise your hand right there with every eye closed? Father God, you saw every hand that went up. Multiple hands came up, God. I pray that they may rise up. May they rise up like never before, God. May they rise up in encouragement. May they rise up in joy. May they rise up, God. And Lord, I just pray this right now, God, that they will be encouraged to live again, to dream again, to believe again. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I speak life to dead bones, God. I speak life to hopeless dreams, God. I speak encouragement where there is no courage, God. I just speak it right now in the name of Jesus, and we declare that we will no longer be dead to ourselves. We will no longer be dead to our dreams. We will no longer be dead in our hopes, God. We will rise up, and I want you to say that with me. Today I make a choice to rise up in the name of Jesus. I cast down all fears. I cast down all worries. And I lay it at his feet. For he is my strength. Say that loud. He is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. My confidence is found in him. I will rest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God some praise this morning? I want, as we get ready to go, as we get ready to go, I want you to do something. We're going to pray for Leah. Leah's heading out. Leah's heading out to, uh, 
Mexico. She's going to my homeland, okay? I've never been, actually. <laughs> uh, you know, I've only been there for, for a honeymoon. That's it. Leah, come here. We're going to pray for you. She's going to do some mission work, okay? And she's going to do some mission work. And uh, for those of you that don't know Leah, she started with us here from day one. She's OG. She's day one. And, and she said, yeah, she started here with us and stuff. And, uh, and she's now on her way to serve kids in Mexico, youth in Mexico. Um, you can actually, if you're not friends with her on Facebook, she has a Facebook page and she's doing an amazing work with this organization called Crave, okay? They're doing pretty much block parties, right? Would you say block parties to like youth and like they look legit. I'm talking DJs, like it gets, gets crunk up in there, okay? So it really does. So uh, they do it for Jesus. They do it for Jesus. So here's the thing. Why don't you stretch your hands over here? We're going to pray for her. We're going to bless her. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Leah, God. Father, we declare in the name of Jesus, Father, that you send her out blessed, Father, that you will provide all her needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus, God. We thank you that she will be used to bring life to dead spaces, God, that she will bring hope to hopeless places, God, that every word, every action that comes from her, God, is one of grace, one of love, God, one that brings life, God. And God, right now, we declare, Father, in the name of Jesus that you go before her and that you will protect her, God. We declare that there is no weapon formed against her that shall prosper in the name of Jesus, God. We don't know how long she'll be there, God, but the whole season that she's there, she's highly blessed and highly favored, God. Father, we thank you that you are in front of her, you're behind her, you're in her right and you're in her left, God. Holy Spirit, empower her to do things that only you can do in her and through her, God. We declare that thousands of kids will be reached for your glory, God. We bless Tori and we bless Josh, God, that are with her, God, in this mission's work, God. Father, as a church, Father, we unite with her, God, and we lift her up, God, in prayer, God. We lift her up in hope, God. And Lord, if there's some of us that are feeling compelled right now to give to her, let us respond right now, Father, to give financially, God. Let us be, Father, compelled enough to be able to support the vision that God has given her, God. We believe this in Jesus' name that you will do great things. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Have an awesome, awesome, awesome week. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like, please help us by one, subscribing to our podcast channel. That way you can be informed when our new content is uploaded. And second, if our ministry has been a blessing to you and you'd like to partner with us, please visit us at creativelovechurch.com to find ways you can give so we can continue to spread the message of hope. Thank you and see you next time. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. sing